Dadsnet Original Podcast. Lads, have any of you ever experienced a completely stress-free car journey with the kids? Sorry, Jim, but that is not actually possible. You know what, Sparky? I actually agree. I mean, my eldest now is, what, 10? And in the last 10 years, I don't think I've ever, ever had a stress-free car journey. Except that time that I went on my own, obviously. You know. <laughs> when you've got the car to yourself, that's pretty like good and stressful. Like a little holiday, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I was obviously listening to uh, other Dad's Net podcasts. Uh, obviously, you know, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. But I guess that doesn't really count, does it, guys? No, but it is on brand, so well done. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right, maybe, maybe completely stress-free car journeys, that's pretty much impossible but there, there are things you can do to limit the stress of a car journey with kids all right one sec let me grab a notepad all right ready yeah, yeah. tip yes. one yeah. okay sorry i didn't know you were waiting for answers <laughs> no yeah we're ready jim it's nice for well i don't want to tell you before you've got the notepad yes we're ready teacher <laughs> leave late so that they go to sleep if possible right straight into tip two Audiobooks for the kids with headphones, so they're listening to them, okay. their favourite stories. Send them off to sleep potentially as well. I like these, yeah. Keep them coming. I thought you meant the headphones for us, right? <laughs> Not safe in a car, young Spark. <laughs> I've written that down. Tip three, snack bags. Keep them entertained, keep them filled, keep them hydrated. Tip number four, travel with the youngest one on the passenger side, or if you've only got one child, put them on the passenger side. So if you need to stop by the side of the road for any reason, they're already on the pavement side. That's much safer. You know, if they need to do a quick wee, that's all right. I mean, those are pretty good suggestions, uh, but I know uh, what we used to have was nursery rhymes on repeat painfully. But that's only mainly because the wife objected to the cool hair glam 80s rock playlist I always used to suggest <laughs> you are so cool Pratt. yeah, yeah nothing, nothing better than spanks and guitars <laughs> here Jim, I go oh, again Jim. on the road Jim, Jim's like these kids and their music their yeah I know <laughs> I'll never understand the young whippersnappers <laughs> Anyway, a final tip, right? Make sure the kids are comfy in their car seat, just like the Graco Turn To Me car seat, suitable from birth to four years, plus it smoothly turns in all directions with one hand and in one smooth motion, making it easier to get your kids in and out. Ah, uh, yeah, and it has 10, 10 reclining positions with luxury padding and built-in side ventilation. They are travelling sweeter than you. Yeah, I don't think I've ever sat in a seat that nice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's very well priced as well, £149.95. Google Graco Turn To Me or hit the link in this podcast description if you want more information. Welcome, gentlemen, to the Loose Dads Podcast. This is Loose Dads from Dadsnet. Welcome to another brand new episode. It's Dads sitting around chatting about dad stuff. We've got the big question of the week from a Dadsnet member. We'll be answering that very soon. We'll look inside the news to see how it's affecting families. And I sit in the hot chair and I get things thrown at me 
not literally, just words and concepts and ideas and things. And I have to say whether they're underrated or overrated. Uh, but let me introduce you to the panel this week and in the week where Emma Raducanu managed to become the first British woman to win a tennis Grand Slam event since on, 1977. Yes, mate. I am going to give you the panel with the British sporting achievement that they would have made. Um, <laughs> Please, can we always do Raducanu's name like the guy, Vic Reeves, by the way, off of uh, Shooting Stars. Raducanu. <laughs> oh, I've been doing yeah. that all week. <laughs> but it's, it's better than doing it how a lot of people... Are. Still, now, after all this success, she's pretty much called Emma... Uh, Raducanu. As people go, oh, did you say that surname? And I still hear... Major broadcasters still going uh, and panicking before they say it. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> on, a, on a side note, uh, there's a Greek basketball player called Yanis Antetokounmpo. Um, he's Greek-Nigerian. And when he first came to the league, everyone was like, uh, the Greek freak. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> oh, give him a nickname if his name's difficult yeah, to say. It, that's it. <laughs> I mean, as, as I've mentioned before, and it is a humble brag, I did used to be the uh, pitch announcer at Scunthorpe United. I know, oh, it's yes, a big yes, deal. Yes, yes. Uh, and when opposing teams came to the ground, quite often if they had a player with a difficult to pronounce name, I'd be able to find someone from the local radio station that was there covering it and go, oh, how do you pronounce that? Nice. Sometimes... When you couldn't do that, you just had to mumble it and move on quickly. <laughs> and just think, there's not many of them here, they won't mind, I'm sure. You get a sarky cheer from the crowd. <laughs> or just Or just Madonna them, you know, number 24. Martin! Yes! <laughs> oh, if only I could go back in time and do that. Anyway, we are introducing the panel, I, I think. Um, I can't believe we've been waylaid so early in this episode. So the British sporting achievement that they would be, Jack, you would be Guy Martin breaking the land speed record for a tractor, which he did in 2019, nice. with your Norfolk roots there. Is that sporting, is it? Yeah, racing tractors is sport. 135.19 miles per hour in a JCB Fast Track 2. Sorry, he wasn't doing over 100 miles an hour in a tractor. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's one... I mean, evidently, if you've ever driven around the countryside around this time of year, there's not many tractors, not many farmers yeah. driving those tractors. Because Why have I never been stuck behind one of them on an A-road? What's, what's the point in a tractor that goes that fast? To break a land speed record for a tractor? <laughs> Stop thinking practically, Jack. He wasn't pulling a plough, was he? I mean, take it up with JCB. Take, take it up with them. I don't know. You, know, the, all right, all right. I might, you might see it on uh, Series 2 of Clarkson's Farm, which I'd be fine with, guys. Still not watched that, have you? Have you watched it yet? No, not at all. No, Why okay. would I want to watch Jeremy Clarkson knowingly? Uh, <laughs> Sparky's here. Uh, he would be Bernard Lavery, or Bernard Lavery, anyway, of the Ronda. In 1990, his achievement was growing the world's biggest courgette competitively. Yes. That's the sporting right. element. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, mate. <laughs> What a guy. Um, it was 29.25 kilograms, so okay. pretty good. As we know, Sparky is the urban gardener. It's on YouTube and he oh, can't delete it. So honestly, now you've brought it up, Jim. Now you've brought it up. I will have to put a picture on our uh, Facebook group this week of my prize-winning beef-eater tomatoes, which are almost as big as Jackson's head, can I just say. Whoa. I mean, they're not prize-winning, but I would give me a prize for them. Well, yeah, no, there you go. That's it. <laughs> Everything's prize-winning if you just give yourself the prize. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> right, Jim, what's your achievement? Well, I'd be, because I feel like this every week, 
trying to keep control of you lot I'd be the um, the bloke who runs the London Marathon dressed in the diving suit that's, that's the, basically the amount of effort I have to put into making this show work but. I thought you were going to say like national cat herding champion or something yeah well I, I, I did look for that but that's not a, an award but and Brad by the way uh, Brad would be he'd, he'd take over a, well a title that Boris Johnson owns um, which is hide and seek champion of the UK after he hid in that fridge because he didn't want to answer oh, any yeah. questions <laughs> Yeah. And I say that because Brad's not here, so he's hiding. He's in hiding. Too scared to come on. That's it. We will defrost him at some point, maybe. Anyway, this is Loose Dads. Let's get on with actually a bit of the show rather than the rubbish at the start of it. This is under overrated. Under over under over under over rated. Under overrated, this is the bit where someone sits in the hot seat and uh, people fire things at them and they have to say whether they're underrated or overrated with reasonings as well. It's me today. I'm here. I'm comfortable. I'm ready to go. Sparky, chuck something at me. Okay, right. Straight in, Jim. I know, well, I want to know your opinion on this. Farm shops slash farmers markets. Oh, they're underrated. I love them. I love yes! a farm shop and a farmer's market. I mean, like everything's about £72 as well. It's a, a thimble <laughs> full of hummus. Yeah. Have you got another mortgage? Brilliant. But it's that's the way you treat yourself. You just treat yourself, don't you? You go there and go, we've had a hard week. Yeah. Let's get something from the farm shop or from the farmer's market. This is like a bit of brie and it's got some cow shit still in it. But uh, it's that's <laughs> earthy. That makes it's it organic. better. Yeah, it makes yeah. it better. Oh, that's the most adult way of treating yourself at a farmer's oh, man, market yeah. so true I, I think I think they're two separate things though or maybe maybe this is just you know Norfolk farm shops Norfolk farm shops are like literally just shoveling potatoes out the back of a van and, <laughs> and paying oh, like a pound right. for it you know um, but farmers markets are always a bit wanky aren't they Oh, yeah, absolutely, and they, they really should be. Uh, yeah, right. you know. Quality but, chutney, mate. If you can't be picking up a, some real ale chutney or something, like, you're wasting your time. I once took Danny to a farmer's market on a date, and because uh, I know how to treat a lady. This old boy was there. Uh, he had a honey stall, and he was trying to show us all his honeycomb and all this sort of stuff. And he was, you know, like toothless and hunchback. And he was shoving this honeycomb into Danny's mouth going, eat this, eat this, eat this. And she's chewing it, chewing it, chewing it. And she swallows it and she goes, oh, right. So, so what was that? He said, oh, it's the honeycomb. It's just wax. Oh, so just chewed wax. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he went, yes. It'll make your poo slip out. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Okay, I think we'll move on. And th- three years later, that man went on to win The Apprentice. <laughs> Jack's like, how much is it for a jar, mate? How much? Yeah. <laughs> I'll take a couple. Oh, Jack, have you got something to throw at me? Uh, yes, espresso. Uh, hmm, tough one. Do you mean espresso? No, sorry, sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that really riles some people up, doesn't it? I think we should just go through the whole episode mentioning it as espresso. <laughs> it There'll people, be people there raging. It riles people up so much that even though I said it right, 
we now have to talk about the fact that a lot of people right? <laughs> oh, I'll have a double espresso, me, mate. Oh. <laughs> I mean, to all intensive purposes, they're the same thing, aren't they? So, uh... <laughs> well, is it under uh, or overrated, Jim? Oh, I don't know. I just, the problem is, I quite like a longer drink. I do, you know, an espresso will it will perk you up. It will get you going. I had the, you know, I had the my the best ever espresso I've ever had. Belgium. Oh, you wouldn't think. You wouldn't think, but I had a delicious mm. espresso there. But you know, I'm, it's a I'm bit. I'm going like, to call. I'm going to call bullshit on that. I don't think anyone's ever had a delicious espresso. <laughs> so that was where you were coming from. Uh, I think it's the worst way to drink coffee. Well, maybe you have not been to Belgium. <laughs> I. I not just good no, for chocolate, good for yeah. espressos as well, it would seem, according to Jim. <laughs> well, I quite like it, and it, it gives you that hit, and it is quite, I quite like the taste of it, but it's just, it's, it's gone too quickly, you know, I like, to, I like to have a drink that lasts a little bit longer. Why don't you, you have several espressos? Because then I would die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because someone have a heart attack. But Jim, are you a man like me who like sometimes gets confused with the coffee menu on holiday? And so therefore, if you do or, like an or an espresso, it's annoying. If you order a drink and it's way smaller than you thought, and you thought oh, that was four oh, euros, yeah. oh, that's two sips for four euros, and I wanted <laughs> like a, I should have what's latte, right? Because you want a longer well, drink. You, you want your money's worth. Well, I always do. You get one of those little dinky cups where you can't even get your finger through the hole. It's so small. <laughs> <laughs> or the opposite, when you go on holiday and you go to the coffee machine and you click it and you've got this great big mug in there and only like a little dribble comes oh. out and you're like, what, do, what am I supposed to do now? It's the saddest sight. Do I just, just fill it up with these? I hope the funky Italian doesn't notice you across the pool like, oh, look at this stupid Brit trying to work a coffee machine. I don't know if I've said told this story on this podcast before. I seem to have said it a lot recently. I don't know why. <laughs> It just keeps coming up. But I was in a in a coffee bar in Rome, and um, I ordered a cappuccino, and the woman went off to make it, and the bloke turned the bloke next to me turned round. He was a scouser, and he was like, "All right, mate, uh, what's the Italian word for this?" I'm like, oh, "I don't speak Italian." He went, "But you just ordered that, didn't you?" I went, yeah, I mean, it's cappuccino. It's literally the same word. You can get it costume, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she just looked at you and just thought, you look intelligent, mate. You can yeah. help me abroad. That's it. No. <laughs> Take it as a compliment. Not happening. Not happening. Uh, Sparky, can we have something else? Okay, right. Um, under overrated, Jim. Dating shows. Dating shows. Uh, okay, so as in... Well, I might like, have a lead in. Yeah, like Married at First Sight UK or anything kind of like that. Oh, not like yeah. Blind Date. Uh, I quite like those things actually. I'd quite, I mean, we've I've spoken about Married at First Sight Australia a lot, yeah. and we've started. To, I've only watched the first about three episodes of Married at First Sight, the UK version. Oh, but good. yeah, getting reeled in. They've they've gone with the Australian format. I like to see that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just wonder. Actually, that's why. Obviously, I asked that. It was a bit of a loaded question because I just wanted to know, Jim, if you were in the Maths UK club. Um, <laughs> Jack, I know you're not, mate, but, you know, our I partners feel, I feel show us the way. I minority without Brad here. <laughs> to yeah. accidental quality TV. Better than Marvel, sorry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> get stuffed. <laughs> mate, some of the women on there are more vicious than some of the Marvel characters. If you've seen, if you have Oh, God, seen... I, I know who you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That um, last from the northeast. Oh, my goodness. She's <laughs> terrifying, Jack. But, uh, but I, I, yeah, that was my in. Like, dating shows, you kind of, I feel like as a bloke, um, not to be stereotypical, but like, I feel like I want to moan at SJ for watching them, and then I always want to 
join in and I think you're quite similar like that aren't you Jim yeah that's the thing like I, I, maybe I, maybe even before lockdown maybe I was really not into these sort of things but for some reason I kind of I quite like it because I've not I mean we've just had our twelfth uh, wedding anniversary and congratulations we were together for years before that so I've not dated since the year 2001 so for me it's quite exciting to go back and see these people at the start of their relationships because for me that's 20 years ago I mean it's, it's very difficult oh. to remember in sepia different so. now though isn't it like <laughs> different now according to this latest series of Married at First Sight UK well, let me tell according you. to Naked Attraction oh yeah <laughs> you're like what what makes you think it's God oh, I've been single for quite a while best just get my dick out on TV and that's <laughs> definitely gonna make someone marry but Do you know they, it, that show baffles me because I'm like if you're gonna go on there like make sure you got a big one you know well <laughs> don't you'd go on think there with wouldn't little, you yeah, no, mind you have you do, do you mind if you if you're going on that show anyway? You clearly have no inhibitions, well, yes, do you? That's so, true. <laughs> they, you know they tried to get a celebrity version going, and I think everyone went no, <laughs> definitely not. A very smart move to try and get Rita Ora fully nude on TV. <laughs> yeah. and I, can, I can respect that. The producer. Unfortunately, yeah. the only person who said yes was Rita from Coronation Street. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> anyway, Jack, let's move on. Okay. A controversial one. Those blue pens with the five different push-out colours. Right. The ones where, when you're a child, mm. or when you're an adult and you get hold of them, you try and push two colours down at the same time to see what happens. Yes. Yeah, all, yeah, all five. <laughs> they are, I would say they're overrated. I feel mm. that they're fairly rubbish they break quite easily they annoy children because the children are so excited to get them look I can do all these colours and then after about three or four goes the springs are all broken and it mm. doesn't work and then yeah. you know you've got disappointed children so anything anything like that that makes my life more difficult no it's overrated mm. and someone's got a pen bit shit isn't it? yeah it's too girthy yeah. to sound like your buddy G there's too much girth <laughs> on the uh, on the on the pen like that's not you're not doing a right grip with that sort of thickness, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, it's got yeah. the, the opposite problem of the little bookies or the Argos pens, hasn't it? Which they were too thin and they were just too, you know, exactly lost in your hands. <laughs> it's like Naked Attraction again, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> only go on there if you've got a five ink girthy beast. <laughs> oh, he's got a sharpie. Look, <laughs> only describe your penis right now in a pen. Right, sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Here we go. So mentioning those uh, Argos bookie ones, Jim. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's certainly not a fountain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, shall I move it on quickly? Yes, please. <laughs> Look at me trying to take control. It's really gone bad. Um, right, uh, okay. Um, Bond movies. I mean, they're fairly highly rated... But I would still say underrated because there's a bit of a backlash against Bond, isn't there? Yeah. Um, and I can see, you know, there's some problematic bits about the old Bonds, but the new Bond, there's backlash against that because people are going, oh, it's not very good, it's not like Bond Identity, is it, or whatever. But I think the new Bonds are actually really good films and I very much enjoyed them, so I think they're underrated. Yeah, it's better than the Bond Identity. I thought they were boring. 
but that's the that's the, the the kind of common comparison that people make and they going oh they're just trying to do that they're just trying to be like that um, but I really like the new Bond films I think they're all really good I'm really looking forward to the new one I think yeah, they're better too. films than the old ones yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes very much <laughs> they hang together so much better don't they it's much more dramatic like, you can still be smooth without literally being on the edge of sex offender like <laughs> Daniel Craig's really sort of modernised that character yeah. though, I, though I do want I do want some character names more like you know Pussy Galore <laughs> yeah yeah, the two sort of sets of films that did that were uh, the Bond films and the Carry On films, which they don't have many other comparisons. <laughs> and, and the middle ground, Austin Powers. Of course, yeah, there you go. Which, I've won a hump a lot, we'll never be beaten. <laughs> so what what is the best Bond film then, according to everyone here? Well... I don't know. I watched rewatching them before, before the new Bond comes out, and I think Casino Royale might be the best. Like the, the opening scene when he, the like parkour through the building site when he's chasing that guy, um, just. I just, it's, that's the scene that you get remembered a lot where he's coming out of the water in the white trunks, which everyone goes on about Daniel Craig yeah. in. And I just, yeah. Mm. yeah, maybe that one. Or, or Skyfall, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, Skyfall is for me, I think. And if only there was a chance to watch it, ITV should have that on more often because, uh, you know, <laughs> at the moment they're only worth showing about three times a day. So <laughs> if yeah. they'd like to stick that on. But I like the end bit. There's a bit Home Alone as well where he's setting up all the booby traps yeah. in the house. Yeah. A, I also know. seem to remember there being a bit that's like Harry Potter. Yes. Isn't yeah. a, bit, a bit like the... Like with Snape in the boathouse. Yes, no, you're right. There's yeah, so there's like a, a Harry Potter bit. There's a Home Alone bit, and you know what? I think that you know Bond is better for collabing with those different, <laughs> different <laughs> franchises. Wanting a game of Quidditch, money pony. Like that's that's I've what heard, we want. We're fine. I've heard in this new one, he's doing a bit from The Office. Really. No, <laughs> no. I, I thought. Sorry, I thought there was a punchline coming. Is he <laughs> gonna is do- I was like, really? Is he gonna do Obviously, like a didn't think. No, that, like was, that was the punchline. Oh, that, that was, was the punchline. punchline. Okay, I thought there was going to be something about him doing that dance, and then I, you know. Which, no, I was, I was letting you do all that in your head. You know? okay, oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, I would sorry. like to see Daniel Craig do that dance <laughs> around the MI6 building. Excuse me, comic relief. Are you listening? This is crying out to happen. If this doesn't happen, cry, comic relief this year. Oh my goodness, it'd be good to have something funny on it for once. Oh, that's unfair. That's unfair. Sorry, that is unfair. Right, man, don't upset Lenny, for God's sake. Exactly. Wouldn't want to upset the big man, you know. This. This is Loose Dads from Dads Now. On the way, we're going to look inside the news, the big stories that are affecting parents and families this week. That's all on the way, and potentially some impressions of a certain South African coming up as well. So, fellas, what's the only thing better than beer? Nothing. Nothing. Nah. Love beer. Love it. I love lager. I love IPA. I love stout. I love... Um, sticky toffee pudding things uh, like berry flavoured ones <laughs> it's lovely well I mean you're wrong when you say there's nothing better than beer there is one thing that is better than beer and that is of course free beer oh, yes oh yes yes and 
we're going to be able to supply you with that. You can get a free crate of beer from Beer52 when you sign up to become a Dadsnet Premium member. Are you serious? That's quality. That is quality. I've never been more serious about anything in my life, and that includes <laughs> that day in court and my wedding day. <laughs> For £3.99 a month, you can become a Dadsnet Premium member, giving you access to exclusive content, expert content, discounts, competitions, and an entire crate of beer for free. I mean, Jim, that sounds picture perfect. I'm literally typing in dadsnet.com right now to sign up for this introductory offer. Do- do we... You should have it bookmarked, really, but whatever. Yeah, it should do, actually. Do we qualify <laughs> for it? <laughs> do we qualify? Probably not. <laughs> Sluice Dads from Dadsnet. It's me, it's Sparky, and it's Jack, and it's not Brad today. He's not here, which means that in the law of things that are happening, at some point we will have to do an impression of him. And this could be what gets us cancelled because, you know, this is now taking it over international boundaries. And when you start doing international impressions, only bad things can happen. But we'll save that for a bit later. If you want to comment on anything, want to say hello to us, whatever you want to do, get in contact with us through Facebook, uh, facebook.com, obviously. Because, like, no one knows what Facebook is. Oh, how do you get there again? (laughs) (laughs) www.facebook.com. HTTPS. Okay, good. Uh, go on to Facebook and just put Loose Dad's podcast in there. You'll get to our group. Right, let's have a look inside the news. Uh, inside the news this week, as we're recording this, the number of extremely hot days every year when the temperature reaches 50 degrees Celsius has doubled since the 1980s. Uh, apparently, this is 100% attributed to the burning of fossil fuels, says Dr. Frederica Otto, Associate Director of the Environmental Change Institute at the University of Oxford. And uh, yeah, climate is a big issue. And that, this is one of the things, as a parent... I don't know about you two, but before you had kids, you'd think, uh, there was a kind of thinking, should we be having kids? Are we going to have kids in a world where everything's broken? Yeah. Uh, and I know a lot of people do have that sort of conversation as well. Did either of you ever have that conversation? No. Um, I, I feel like I had that thought, like, oh, come on, I do want to bring them into a world with this. But I tell you something, Jim, which I didn't think about, um, which I d- didn't realise about climate change is how much having a baby can contribute to <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. climate yeah. change. The amount of nappies that we're oh. like, I, I just, I, you know, we thought about doing the, the proper, you know, Terry's nappies or whatever they're called, you know, reusables, and then no, and I just yeah, think gross, though, isn't it? Like, it's gross. It is. Yeah, right? and they, they don't hold anything like that. As much as I would absolutely love to have kept going yeah. with those, we had a load of them, and it was just a right nightmare. And so, my, my, idea, sure. my idea to protect the environment is um, use all those single-use plastic bags as nappies. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Bit sweaty though on the uh, undercarriage of your child. (laughs) Then you're only throwing away one of them. Yeah, no, good point. Yeah, and they could put their legs through the handles. Yeah, exactly. I'm just the ideas man, guys. Okay, yeah. well, I mean, well, let's let's pitch it to Pampers and okay. see what they say. But right. they, you know, I, that's it's not a no. Right? Okay. Is cotton <laughs> wool bad for the environment? Because you could just stuff some cotton wool in there, and that like will be the absorption sort of area. Mm-hmm. 
Natural, I think anything, natural sponges. Anything you chuck away, <laughs> I think is bad for the environment and doesn't get recycled. Oh, see, this is why it's so hard. This <laughs> is it, why it's so hard. It is interesting. There's been a lot of debate recently as well because um, the, the government's big advice was, um, yeah, you probably stop rinsing your plates before you put them in the dishwasher. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's, that's your policy, is it? Okay, fine. And there was a backlash to that because people said there's a lot of these sort of facts that you read about. Uh, which I get people saying there's 100%, sorry, there's 100 companies in the world responsible for 71% of global emissions. So us not rinsing our plates and saving water like that is not necessarily going to make a big difference. That is what they say. However, I do have a bit of sympathy for the view that if we do what we can in the house, yeah, it won't make as much of a difference as stopping those hundred companies making 71% of the global emissions. You should deal with that as well, definitely. Mm -hmm. But it's more about a kind of attitude, isn't it? We sort of need to pass on to our kids the attitude that doing your bit for the environment is really essential because otherwise they'll grow up maybe not bothering and then there's not going to be anyone putting the pressure on these big companies. We need to sort of take it in-house, first of all, in order to have that sort of the right attitude, which is going to be the thing that then, because companies will only do things as long as they're making money out of it. That's it. You know, as long if once public opinion turns against them or once it gets more difficult for them, that's when they start to do things that are better. But if public opinion's just a bit apathetic, they'll just keep doing what they're doing while they can get away with it and making money. It, so, it's so frustrating because I feel like it always seems like less economically developed countries are better at recycling at better at doing all of these things than like than we are it's like in with with greed like you know in africa you know they're, they're so much better at recycling bottles they have to manage their waste in fact we send a lot of our waste to africa for them to deal with because they'll break mm. it down and recycle it for all the parts and it's like and you just think well, why can't we set that, those sort of systems up here? You're right. We need to encourage more people in, in the house to do it. But then like, I felt like I was making great progress. Just personally, you know, like in just taking that personal message into our house, I thought, yeah. well, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, recycling my pot, uh, my coffee pods. I'm doing this. So like, I was going all the extra yards. And then COVID happened. And I just, you see face masks everywhere. You see all the single use plastics for the tests, the lateral flow tests you've got to do. And it just, that's what's dragging people back. Cause you're like, well, what's the point in me putting my pods in recycling when, you know, if everyone's doing a test two times a week, mm. look at all of that plastic that's just being made. It is a real worry. And it, because that's a very human response is to go, oh, what's the point in me doing anything if yeah. other people are doing this? And that's a real shame because, yeah, obviously that's the way that everyone goes, oh, why am I going to bother? Why am I going to bother? Yeah, and then it's, it's a race to the bottom. I feel disappointed in myself, Jim. I am yeah. disappointed in the people I, with I the... I disappointed with the, myself because... I thought you were going to say, I am disappointed in you. Yeah, I'm disappointed in you as well, Sparky. <laughs> <laughs> Always have been. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right to be, Jim. You're absolutely right to be. But I, I like to think I'm a trier and I've even gone, eh. so what... It's the next person who's, you know, Dave down the pub who's angry about, you know, climate change and everything, but doesn't want to do anything about it. Like, he's not going to make any more effort than I am, if you know. So I feel like I'm going to come in here and sound like a bit of a stuck record. We, what we need to teach our kids is that life isn't just about you. Life is about looking out for the people around you and the people that are going to follow you, i.e. your kids and their kids and, and, and not even people that you're related to, just 
other people have a bit of human decency and think about other people. And this is where I'm going to sound like a stuck record. There's a really great way, as, along with recycling and along with using electric cars and, and doing these great things for the environment, there's a really great way to help instigate change at a bigger level. And that is by not voting for the Tories. <laughs> for God's sake. Okay. Use, use your, like, if, if this is an issue for you, use your vote to do something positive for climate. God. Yeah. And that was, do you know what, Jim? That's 50 50 where was that was going to be go vegan or don't vote Tory. <laughs> I'm not sure where you're going to go there, Jack. I, I was 50 50, mate. <laughs> I, th- I thought Jeremy Corbyn was going to get a look in then. I suppose in a way he did, didn't he? But it's, I mean, it is a good point, isn't it? Vote, we, we, vote green. I'm, I'm happy with green too. It, you know? it, it is a good point that we. Um, as a nation, we I take no responsibility for it. Um, we, we seem to consistently vote in this party that keep calling themselves green conservatives, keep saying that they've got these big plans, but they, you know, they are enabling these big companies. As same in America as well, you know, these big companies have so much sway over government, and we need to take responsibility we need to send messages don't we and we just need to disrupt it at a higher level you know i'm not calling for revolution but disrupt it (laughs) on a on a side note to that do you know um climate change you know it was originally everyone called it global warming didn't they Mm. and then they changed it to climate change and i thought that that was because it was sort of more accurate because it's not just about the world warming up it's about kind of the different sort of you know the wind phenomenon the the rain phenomenon um but it's not actually it was to get away from because the the big companies lobbied to get it changed to be called climate change because they felt that seemed less bad than global warming global warming seemed like oh god this is really our fault <laughs> and so they changed it climate change they thought was just a bit more vague really? and that people wouldn't really notice it as much because i i figured it was just more accurate but actually it was meant to be sort of take a bit of the sting out of it a little bit what like, i wonder how much money they spent on that like that's money they could have spent on actual prevention of global warming but you know they probably spent a lot of money campaigning to get its name changed but it's mad it's mad the amount of stuff that uh, i'm gonna sound like brad because because he's not here but the amount of stuff like that that we will we never even know about yeah that big companies are changing just behind the scenes just just little things like the way we word things they have yeah. that much control we don't have to be buying their farmer we don't have to be buying their oil they're still just changing our lives, changing the way we do things bit by bit by bit. But the thing is, and the thing is about that, that um, when people uh, talk about changing the language, changing the language of the way we talk about things, you will get people condescending going, oh, it's just a word. Oh, what does it matter? You know, oh, you can't say anything nowadays. But actually, how we say things, the words that we use are so important. And that's that's one of those things. They changed, you know, a two-word phrase for another two-word phrase, and it played into their agenda. And that, and you yeah. know, these big companies—they understand the power of language, and we we need to kind of understand it as well, and not mock people when they want to change the way you describe 
someone because it's a nicer way of describing them or more accurate or whatever. That's a very fair Saying point. that, we have mocked it when, you know, people say don't, you know, like Peter say, you're not allowed to call someone a fat pig anymore. Or, or silly yeah. cow. <laughs> Even though they're quite some very, like, clear, brilliant descriptions of people uh, yeah. <laughs> when they need it. I mean, yeah, um, I don't think anyone, though, is calling someone a silly cow. I mean, I, you know, I would say I would never call someone a silly cow, and I think it's a horrible thing to say anyway. But I don't think that for the reason that it's denigrating <laughs> cows. It doesn't make me think any less of cows. It makes me think less of the person saying it, if anything. Um, thing is, I think climate change is more accurate these days. Like, especially, um, you know, with what's just happened in New York, what happened in London the other week, and in Germany, all of these floods, these downpours, and it's like the world is changing, the climate is changing in a negative way. And I, I think pumping it into the news more... And I feel like that's the most coverage I've seen of it on the news in a while. You know, like when they do the German floods and the New York floods. And it's like that, that we've got to scare people into it. I feel like that's the only way. It's like, oh, you know, like the old, oh, I'm going to give up smoking when I have got a fear of a terminal illness. Or yeah. I'm going to do this because I'm fear that I might die, like I get diabetes. So people, people won't, people won't react change. to fear. Is that, people, uh, won't, people won't change until the tsunami's towering above them. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and because it doesn't, that is it a doesn't affect thing. them, <clears throat> but you know, it also doesn't affect their their immediate thing. What is that? Whose hierarchy of needs is it? Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah, figure did that media uh, a level. <laughs> what Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Chuffed. Right. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so people aren't don't take notice of things. They're not going to take notice of that because it's not affecting their immediate safety, love, belonging in the world, uh, their you know their their food, their sleep. It's not affecting. It's not affecting the base level needs. So so they are going to be focusing on other stuff. You know, oh, where's that money coming from? This that and the other way. How am I how am I affording my next bill? And and so you know. I, I guess that's why people are voting the way they vote because they think that is going to address those needs for them. But but you're right. It's it's only going to be when when they are in immediate threat of danger. Yeah. When they're putting know, sandbags when, when on their doorstep. When they've got that doorstep. terminal illness. Yeah. yeah. They'll go. Oh oh well, this is terrible. We should have done something to change this. We need to change. I was thinking this. I was thinking this the other day that. Um, in the whole progressives against conservatives argument, um, the progressives pretty much were always proved right in the end. Yeah. And I'd, I'd be intrigued to hear a very conservative point of view. Put in the, but, you know, things like um, uh, racism and homophobia and things like that, things that we've had to really, really battle to change. And, you know, people who were progressive 30 years ago going, we should be, you know, aiming for equality and... And the, and the very conservative people have been going no and resisting it and resisting change resisting change always ends up that you know we were right and it would have been nicer for those people for the last 30 40 100 <laughs> 200 years if we'd have just accepted that at the time and yes. it would have been better for the climate if we'd have sorted it out when we first knew about it rather than going oh no we want to sell more oil or whatever yeah, but instead we get branded as snowflakes or or lefties or whatever and that's you know? it because it's too challenging 
for somebody to think about something that obviously isn't affecting them straight away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, if you have got any points of view on this, and I'd love to know when progressives have been wrong. Um, <laughs> God, this sounds like a talk radio. I know. He's <laughs> <laughs> hit us up. Uh, red, now. Labour, loose dads. <laughs> we, need, we need Brad here to go like, um, did you hear about someone who... Kissed off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> that fucked the climate up big time. So. But anyway, get on to uh, the Facebook page. Uh, it's our Facebook group. It's Loose Dad's Podcast and let us know. Um, I'd be interested in arguing about that, except I'm not. I hate arguing on the internet, so I'll let someone else do it for me. And, uh, <laughs> and go away. to read the comments. Uh, yeah, and then run away going, oh, I didn't like that. I started something that was a bit angsty. Um, Sparky, have you got a news story? Uh, yeah, actually, and it's about change. Um, it's actually a positive one about change which I really like uh, it's a simple story and I just wanted to say hopefully this will affect dads listening and it could be the start of workplaces respecting their staff a little bit more especially in the retail sector have you seen that Sainsbury's have decided to close all of their stores across the country on Boxing Day to thank their staff for all the extra work that they've put in over um over lockdown and over COVID um, so that they can just spend that boxing day with their family rather than uh, serving Sandra who wants to get the sale items. And I've got conflicting points of view on this. And and one of those is brilliant. Great. And what a really progressive step forward the progressives doing. It. Hopefully other uh, businesses follow in their footsteps. And my second point of view is, um, Boxing Day is the least good day for families. <laughs> it's shit. It's really rubbish. Everyone is really sick of being oh, with each other. Oh, don't Everyone's, you like the cold meat and mash though? Oh, cold meat cold and mash. mash. You're, like, you're all bloated and horrible from the day before. You're hungover maybe as well. You just There's nothing on telly. It's just one of the old rubbish Bond films again, not one of the good new ones. And, you know, it's just arguments. So, I mean, give them a day off in the summer when they could really use it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Or a pay rise. But but okay, give them, well, give them some of that sweet sweet supermarket money. Yeah, no, agreed. But I just feel like it's isn't it like a big company like like Sainsbury's has has done this. And okay, yeah, it's just Boxing Day, and I agree with both your points that you've made there, boys. But it's a sign that that we do have the power to sort of encourage businesses to do the right thing for their staff. Sometimes I worked in retail for a lot of my life, and it's just horrible having to pick. Between Christmas Day and New Year's, uh, Christmas or New Year's, you've got to have one of them. And, you know, it's still an important day to you and your family. And I don't yeah, know. I, yeah, it, I don't is, know. It, it, it just flags up to me. It's, a, it's, a, it's another thing where people aren't, aren't doing enough. Okay, stuck record. People aren't doing enough for, <laughs> for, you know, the people who have worked tirelessly who, through. Yeah, who through bust their balls. It's a bit like... Um, the NHS 3% pay rise, 1% initially, went up to 3%. Oh, but then they raised the national insurance. Yeah. So, <laughs> half percent. So, yeah. so it's basically a 1% pay rise, isn't it? Uh, and it's like, Jack, it's don't, just, they don't like you when all, you point that out, though, Jack. Like, it's, just, <laughs> it's just all these stories. Like, they, they say, they're good PR, aren't they? They're good PR to say, oh, we've done something nice, but. Yeah. I don't know. All right. well, they're, they're people who, who kept your business afloat throughout. Uh, an unprecedented pandemic. True. Boxing Day off. I mean, you'd, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs though of, of Sainsbury's policy. I, they might well have given them a pay rise as well. I don't know if they have. I mean, they might not have done. 
Um, it's a start, isn't it? It's, it's not a bad thing. It's a start. Uh, no, it's the news that, thing, no. that other companies might do it and might go, oh, you know what, or just, you know, go back to the old days. Like, like I remember when I was a kid and it's like over Christmas, they just shut everything for a week, basically. And you just had to just make sure you had everything in. That's why you panic bought before Christmas. Now do either of you go shopping on Boxing Day? Have no. you ever done that? No. No, me neither. What a, what a ridiculous day to go shopping. That's <laughs> I mean, online, Jim, uh, the world's changed now, but yeah, there's no way I would want to go out of the house on Boxing Day, like unless it's no. two of another family members. Like, like Boxing I, Day sales? Who the hell is going to Boxing Day sales? Well, if... Angie needs to get a new blouse at the next sale. Open 4.30 on Boxing Day. What's wrong, Ange? What is wrong with your wardrobe already? Like? What happened to your other blouses? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well done, Johnny Sainz. Gravy. Oh, you start, start Boxing it's Day the festive season. It does that to you. It does that to you. Um, Jack, what's your new story? Uh, so I've been looking at the, uh, uh, the eye-catching looks from the Met Gala. That okay. Yeah. Now, if you've not seen the, these, they're nuts. Like this is Kim Kardashian went dressed as a ninja. That's a dementor. That's a dementor. Okay. That's like she's going to suck the soul out of a prisoner of Azkaban. I. I honestly, <laughs> well, that's that's sorry. the premise of Kanye's new album. <laughs> <laughs> Even if that is Kim Kardashian, by the way, maybe she just got someone else like similar well, size to her to just go in a mask to the Met. Who for knows? Her. But. What what struck me is she's not the only person who went head to toe in black and I and like literally head to toe. So if you didn't see this, she was wearing just like a great big long black gown thing designed by Balenciaga. Um but it included like a morph suit mask <laughs> like that she bought off Amazon. Uh and Erica Badu also yep. wore something similar like Looking Didn't like, hers come with some sort of like top hat on or like Ghost some of Christmas past or something? Yeah, like somebody yeah, like from a Tim Burton hat. movie. Yeah, top hat in a in a black spider web bubble with a with a bag that is a sausage dog? A long, <laughs> long sausage dog. It might be a cat. Anyway, my point is <laughs> What the f This is not um, how people dress. Why no. are you dressing like this? Isn't that the point of the Met Gala, though? Isn't it a bit extreme? Like, I think it's supposed to be like, oh, come dressed a bit zany. To, dressed to impress, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's right. not even impressive. Kim Kardashian, the other day, wore a gimp mask out. Yeah, I did see that too, and I thought, what is going on? But is this fashion now to, like, just cover yourself up entirely? <laughs> you see, people don't because, normally because she, come to... She went, she went very far from her roots. People don't <laughs> the sex tape. People don't come to this podcast often for fashion uh, advice and analysis, <laughs> but I think that they really should because I think that this has been insightful. Uh, it's been thought provoking. Yeah, Jim. And I, you go on the school run dressed in what Kim Kardashian wore the other day. Like you, you go, you the headmaster or headmistress is calling you in for a chat if you go on the school run dressed I'm like that. But if she just went in like a yeah a nice monsoon frock as well, and I wore that on the school run, I'd look funny anyway. So you know it doesn't really matter, does it? It's all degrees of the same thing. I mean, uh, um, shout out to ASAP Rocky's duvet cover, by the way. I was gonna, I was gonna mention that. Throwing <laughs> a quilt. He's just literally gone like, oh, you know, I've just come off the sofa. I was having a nap watching a film, and I've just come to the Met Gala. Like He's going out of Rihanna snuggies or whatever that's called. 
Oh, dear. What even happens at the Met Gala? Because it's one of these things, you hear it a lot, it's a big American thing, and they talk about it and you see references to it in sitcoms and stuff. And you, we, all we see is sort of the people going in and they're all dressed like knobheads, obviously. Um, <laughs> two, two of them what actually happened? Like horses. Well, I went to a party once dressed as half a pantomime horse, so, you know, why wasn't I on the front of the Daily Weirdo. Mirror? Because, because you didn't have $30,000 to buy a ticket. How do you know? So something good's <laughs> got to be going on in there if it's 30 grand a ticket. Like, what? what is... I don't oh, know. Oh, also, it's a load of people stood around going, I'll pay 30 grand for this. <laughs> yeah, and also, you don't even need to be there because you could just look at the papers the next day to see the pictures. So, I mean, you know, you've you spent better 30 get, grand for nothing. Also, better, what, what, do you go there and go, I like your, I like your outfit. <laughs> like your uh, your nice. dog your, your dog handbag <laughs> like you better get a blooming oh, arrival Erica, champagne Erica Badu and Kim Kardashian stood there going I can't believe it oh what? I can't believe it I, I didn't think anyone was going to be wearing the same thing as me <laughs> the best the best meme I saw come off this year's Met Gala is it's um, Kendall Jenner stood next to Kim Kardashian obviously having a family picture <laughs> and it just says this is me and my anxiety hanging around behind me on a night out it's just she's in a beautiful and I'm like that is bomb on that's exactly how I feel hey it's pretty progressive if Kim Kardashian actually went as anxiety to the Met Gala <laughs> hey, she's very 2021. She's it just sounds like early Halloween to me, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. Well, we're just going to say one of the great things about not working in radio anymore is I don't feel the need to ever look at these sort of things. You know, like, <laughs> you, I feel for you, Sparky, because you have to be pretend to be interested in some oh, no. right old task, yeah. don't you? Uh, no, I don't. We don't do that on my show. Like, we, di- we don't talk about that because it is like. I just look at it because it's there in a Daily Mail and I just look at the papers every single day. I go through all the papers. But, yeah, this doesn't make it onto our show. Our producer's half decent. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like sorry, yeah, your producer here brought it. And that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds like uh, quite the diss to, to my old producer. So, Kenny, if you're listening, I'm apologize. Sparky said that. You know, so. Paul. Kenny, you know, Paul. Or, but, I mean, Nora, you, Jack, had you just put it out yourself, mate. <laughs> but, no, I mean, I, I'm glad we got to chat about it, if not on the show, but on this brilliant podcast, because, yeah. <laughs> um, but, please, I really do want want to know what actually happens at the Met Gala I'm going to Google that before I go to bed like I'm can we cr- uh, let's crowdsource and crowdfund $30,000 for one of us to go next year well we could buy a table for 275 grand I think with the listening right. figures as they are, let's just make it realistic. <laughs> Speak to Al. He can make anything. Chief of Dad's Net can make anything happen. We can all get there. As Jim, have you still got that half a pantomime horse suit to wear? <laughs> It'll be somewhere, yeah. Uh, this is Loose Dads from Dad's Net. On the way, we're going to have the big question from a member of the Dad's Net community. This is Loose Dads from Dad's Net and uh, it's me and Sparky and Jack but Brad's not here so I think this is the point of the show where it's now become tradition if someone's not here to do an impression of them. So Sparky, go with your South African impression. Oh uh, man, All right, I'm not going to try and do a South African... Hey guys! No, hey. No. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm at the Met Gala. Yeah, that's it. Hey guys, I sent a picture of my dog's ball bags to the Met Gala. No, why does... Why, why? No, I'm sorry, Brad. Don't punch me in the face next time you see me. You are considerably bigger than me. Um, but I just... Guy. Yeah. Mm, 
Yeah, something about my dog's ball bags. Um, or he did send us a picture of that, didn't he? On the WhatsApp, he did send us a picture of his dog's balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, So you know, that's not that's not made up. No, (laughs) who can Uh, actually do a South African impression? Jack, you do one. Okay, uh, so so I always get into my South African accent by saying um, South Africa. Okay. Hi guys, it's me, Brett. Here to talk on loose deads about. Conspiracy theories that I have and about uh, wombats that poop <laughs> cubes. It's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, Brad will be the judge, obviously, but I think that's not bad. Oh, we've run out of time for mine. That's oh, come on, hard. Jim. Well, I have a similar phrase to get into it because um, my mum and dad got these South African friends and I always remember uh, a number of years ago, uh, the bloke going to me, Jim, I could put your money in in your money in uh, bricks and mortar bricks and mortar Jim <laughs> and I did put my money in bricks and mortar and then the uh, financial crash happened <laughs> so that money is dead but uh, thank you but your impression's so, not though Jim so uh, let's no yeah, and that's where we're leaving it let's look, <laughs> have, a, have a look at the big question he's in charge yeah the big Question of the week. Uh, big question of the week comes from a dad's net member on one of the Facebook groups. You should check them all out because they're all so good. Such good resources for, for dads and uh, for families as well. Just uh, to kind of, you know, talk to other people and get advice and things like that. Uh, the big question comes from Tom who says, What do you do if your kids like the things you hate and hate the things you love? I mean, that's just kids, isn't it, right? What do you do if they like the things you hate and hate the things you love? I, yeah, so, I, I I don't understand the question. I, well, I, well, what, I mean, I'll read it again. Does he mean what happens when you don't successfully sort of nudge your kids into the things that you want them to like? Is it that kind of thing? Yeah, I, I, maybe. I'm, I'm, I would probably take it like that. So, yeah, you know, maybe say... You know, the dad's really into football and the kids hate it. And the kid hates, the dad hates the violin and the kid's really into it, you know. And I I guess... Happy like, well, let's just do those things separately. Yeah. Don't play violin while I'm watching football. Yeah. (laughs) Or or do it. I won't won't kick a football at you while you're playing violin. Well, perfect. (laughs) That's a fair deal. Because I mean, it's a shame because it's really nice to be able to do things together and to have those shared interests. And I, you know, and but even at the age of mine, you know, seven and four, I can tell there are some things they're not going to want to do with me. And uh, there's some things they enjoy that I don't want to do with them necessarily. But that's fine because we're humans. Yeah, we're humans. (laughs) If we all did the same things, it would be really boring. But um, like, like my kids are really into tractors. Like I'm, I'm a bit into them because of the kids well, my kids are really into tractors I'm not I, that into it like. I used to like them and I suppose you could call me an ex-tractor fan <laughs> <laughs> oh, very nice. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, this is what you're here for, the good dad stuff. But you, you do sort of just have to, and especially when you've got small kids, you indulge it, it's, you know, That's stop it. being such a moaning... <laughs> 
This is not how we they normally give advice in the back of newspapers. Dear Deirdre's never called someone that. But really, just go with the flow is what you're saying, isn't it, Jim? Yeah, exactly. Indulge in their kids. You know, you but, help them out. There's plenty of time for you to do the stuff you love as well. But you know, encourage them to do find passions that are theirs because they're not going to ever love something that they've been forced into doing. No. Ever. They're never going to do that. They will love the things that they have sought out themselves and that they really enjoy. And you can, you've can, you got two choices. You can either support them with that and help them with that and, you know, have that time together even though it's not necessarily the thing you want to do or you just let them go off on their own and never talk to them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or like, if the stuff's like, that they, rubbish, they, get Nanny and Grandad to do it. Just like, you know, oh, oh yeah. go, and, go and do that with Nanny and Grandad. But, yeah, uh, bird watching. <laughs> oh, no, man. No, hold on, yeah, you're missing an opportunity. That's free that. entertainment, Jack. Like, you know, not for me. Show them the bird. You learn something whilst you're doing it too. Like, it's not. For I don't me. know. But seeing their seeing their little faces when they're genuinely passionate about something. Like, yeah. I'll learn about tractors. I will learn the names of all the tractors so that I can teach you about them, and we share that passion because your face when a tractor drives past is brilliant. I want to be there for that. You know. Yeah, and the good thing is that my kids are both really into dinosaurs. They love them, uh, but they're quite happy that I don't know as much about dinosaurs because it makes them feel superior. It makes yeah, them right. feel like they've got one over on me. Do you not even know what a gallimimus is, Dad? No, I don't. Get <laughs> <laughs> oh, patronised by your seven-year-old. Yeah, <laughs> but that, like that is it, though. You haven't got to like all the same things. Like you don't like the same things as your partner. Everything. Do you? Like, and then that's how you find out, like me and Jim, Very found few. out we liked dating programs, <laughs> you know, yeah. because, you know, they bring you in on those things. Like, you can, like, learn things off each other. But I, I fully agree. Don't force them, your kid into doing anything that they, you know, might not want to do. Try and show them that your passion for something might encourage them to love it too. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. Or even it shows them that they should follow their passions as well. It shows, you know, if you allow yourself to uh, really get into the things that you love and you want to do, then it shows them that, you know, that's a cool thing. That's a good thing is to to follow the things and find things that are additional to your kind of schooling and your normal stuff that you do that you might really want to do. You might want to play the sousaphone. I don't even know what sousaphone is, but that's (laughs) the first instrument that came to mind, apparently. I can relate to this question, though, in some ways, because I'm annoyed that Jackson doesn't like beer and roulette. Um, no. he's, only 20, he's only 20 months old though so he's got time to learn <laughs> I think you've lost him already there <laughs> if you've got any uh, questions you want to ask or any input or anything um, I probably won't call you a moaning twat but you, you know, I can't guarantee <laughs> wow. absolutely can't guarantee that um then go to any of the Dadsnet groups on the internet. Go to the Loose Dads one if you want. Uh, Loose Dads podcast on Facebook and just have a chat with us, have a laugh with us and answer any questions or ask any questions that you want as well. Um, come for and, a chat. Yeah. And Dadsnet itself is an amazing resource to keep involved with that. If you've liked this podcast, tell a friend about it, share it, uh, give us a follow, give us a five-star review, and uh, we'll be back next week in the same place where you got this podcast. Unless, you know, you try a different podcast app every week. You could do that. You know, that could be your hobby, the thing that your kid hates. Yeah, I don't but know. Don't try a different podcast, though, right? Just this one. No, no, well, no, yeah, don't. Well, yeah. it depends. Jim might have just called you a moaning uh, twat, so... <laughs> 
That's one listener down. That's one <laughs> listener fewer that's going to be contributing to our Kickstarter to get one of us sent to the Met Ball. <laughs> I can only apologise. Uh, Dadsnet.com, have a look at that. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sparky. Thanks, boys. Thank you, Jack. Cheers, guys. And see you next week. Loose Dads, a Dadsnet original podcast. <laughs>